You're listening to Drums and Guns with your hosts, Brian DeChristopher and Jason Touchstone. All right. Hey, this is Brian DeChristopher. And we're talking to Jesse Smith today. Here I am scratching my... Hold on a second. We're going to edit that out. I'm sitting there all scratching myself like a fucking chimpanzee. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian. <laughs> We'll never make it through this thing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. All right. Clear face. Hey, you're watching and listening to Drums and Guns. I'm Brian DeChristopher, and we're talking to Jesse Smith. He's the owner of uh, Uber Beats Recording Studio in Everett, Washington. And, uh, or is that Mukilteo? That's Everett. It's actually a Linwood address. Surprisingly, oh, really? enough, we're in Mukilteo. Yeah, it's, and it's weird and where on, the zoning is. And you're on Beverly Park Way, correct? Uh, Beverly Park Road between Airport Road and the Speedway. Okay, gotcha. And you're also a drummer, and you've played in a band. I barely play drums, yes. <laughs> okay, and he plays a Journey Tribute Act called Infinity Project, Yep. which is a really, really tight, kick-ass band. We've been at it eight years, surprising. It's eight years, it's... it's I thought it would be a couple three year run and people would get tired of us and it's eight years in and we're still doing it and it's better now than it's ever been. It's crazy. Nice. Like it's crazy with, with what we're all going through right now with the pandemic and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, last year it was dead. I mean, we did one show, literally we did our, fir our first and only show was February 8th of last year. Wow. And then that was just prior to all the big shutdowns. Yeah. Right. Like right. we had a full summer booked. It, it was a, it was going to be a crazy year. We had 50 plus shows booked and everything dropped. Like it was insane how much dropped. And in 19, we did 55 or 57 shows. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a great money year. It, it was, we did a lot of festivals, um, a lot of concerts in the park series, municipality shows, stuff like that. And it's been a pretty crazy ride, man. I mean, considering eight years ago, we played our first show at the Twin Dragon in mm -hmm. like Duval. We kept it as far out of Seattle as we could, but close enough for people to come if they really wanted to. Right. And <laughs> That's a smart strategic move. Well, we were like, we didn't know. I mean, mm -hmm. we, it was our first show out. We, we spent a year on the rehearsal space to be like nuts on. Uh, we wanted to be perfect and wanted people to like cock their head and go, wow, like where the hell mm -hmm. these guys come from? You know, they sound exactly like Journey. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty crazy deal. I mean, that night we got people coming up to us going like, this is like your first show. And we're like, yeah, it's our first show. And they're like, you guys are amazing. And I'm like, well, we spent a year in a freaking rehearsal room so really we played these songs probably a hundred times already so it's like we should be good right right plus you're one of the you're one of the few drummers i've worked with that actually sticks with a click i mean you you're pretty religious about it i mean whether you're rehearsing or playing live yeah and and that's the thing uh i hated it at first i i, I realized it was a tool and it's robbing me of my feel that i hear it a lot man and mm -hmm. it's like you can still feel if you play to a click. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of pulling a verse and pushing a chorus. Mm -hmm. You can be on top of it or behind it, but still be on it. Mm -hmm. And 
and guys that are new to it feel like, you know, they got to be like, Oh my, it's a robot. You know, they got to be on top of it. And you're like, you yeah. And then they're fighting it. it. Like they're fighting the they fight it. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to a guy the other day about that, you know, about playing to a click and, and explaining how I play to a click. Cause our whole show's on a click. I mean, mm-hmm. the journey tribute, the whole show is on a click. Um, our shows were on a click. Yeah. 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 It's, but please continue. I didn't mean to hijack it, you. It's just one of those things, man. I mean, it's like playing to a click is being professional. You know, you mm-hmm. want to give the people that pay to see you play the best experience that they can get. And if playing to a click is, is giving them that experience, great, because the tempos are right. They can dance. You're not starting it at 120 and ending it at 130. You know, it's like, it's just one of those things where I pride myself on, on that, you know, because even when we're playing to a click and I get a little free, I'm still on it. And my mm-hmm. band knows when I'm free, but the audience doesn't know when I'm free. <laughs> so right. we, we laugh about it. You know, like Randy would come up to after the show with our singer and, and be like, yeah, so what happened on Love and Touching again? We're fine. <laughs> hey, you came in in the right spot, man. It's yeah, but we were good, man. Not a big deal. Everybody but, was yeah. sold. Okay, so I don't want to be remiss in introducing Jason Touchdown, obviously. And uh, he's my partner here. And uh, Jason is an audio guru. And uh, he's, he's pretty fantastic behind a mixing board. Jason is fantastic at what he does. I've heard some mixes that Jason's done. It's pretty damn yes. good stuff. You heard REP? Thank you. You Pardon? heard REP? Yes. Uh, yes. I played the some of the songs off of that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm much obliged. <laughs> you did a good job, man. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, um, I miss that, man, man. Good times. It was a lot of fun, man. There was a lot of good talent there. Yeah. yeah but, sure. you know, we don't get any, uh, any younger room. You know, talking about that kind of crap, do we? But uh, but yeah. So you did play uh, for a little while in my group. Uh, actually, you played in the group twice. Because um, yeah. yeah, why did we fired our first drummer? You. <laughs> 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 no, but, but you came in and you uh, you you learned like everything in less than two weeks, mm-hmm. and came out and and did a damn good job at that show. Yeah, and that, that was that uh, hot rock that hot rocks thing. Hot that, rocks that, TV, I didn't yeah. realize I didn't realize it was being taped until I got there. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I, I, mean, I, showed up, I showed up to the gig and there's like five cameras and all kinds. Of, I'm like, like what the hell's going on? Goes, what oh, is this? I didn't, I didn't tell you this is a taping for Hot Rocks TV. And I'm like, no, you didn't tell me nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. That must have slipped my mind. <laughs> oh, well. But hey, man, you stood up to the task, right? That was a fun gig, man. That was a really fun gig. It was fun. We had a blast. I upped our inner uh, at the studio, our, our bandwidth. So we rehearse on Jam Kazam. We rehearse on the internet. We do not, we're not in the same room. Oh, okay. So I bought a roll. I bought a Roland TD50 kit. Um, so I'm using that. I got rid of the big rack and my Megadeth kit. I mm-hmm. took that down. I'm using the re- the electronics in rehearsals now. Control the sound in the room. Mm-hmm. I can DI into my board and send that to the PA, which goes out to them. 
-hmm. And then I get a line back from them to my PA. So it's pretty cool. Literally, I'm looking at a computer screen and the guys are on the computer screen. It's just me, Drew, and Jerry. And they're latency issues, huh? Dude, they're not bad. Wow. I'm I'm floored. You have to be within 50 miles, a 50 mile radius. Uh-huh. Your ping has to be under 10, which uh-huh. we are. We're about seven to eight on average. And it's crazy. Like they play to me. So I got my SPDS set up next to me. We play to a click. Mm-hmm. And I start the songs and I'm one, two, three into the song and they're playing to me. Mm-hmm. So really the latency is null and void. It's crazy. Like we used to do it with, with our singer, Rob, mm-hmm. we'd all be in a room and we had room two, that little room next to the vending machine. And then Rob would be home because he didn't want to drive North to, to come do rehearsals. So we did it for him and latency was okay. It wasn't bad because our, our internet wasn't up to par. Right. But I mean, I just up, I, we, I were like 600 down 50 up or something now. It's, oh, it's, okay. crazy, it's crazy fast. And yeah, we're hardwired in and it's, it's insane. Like technology is there now where you can not be in the same room and be playing live. Now, it's, do you have that? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you have that set up in the studio? So like, it, if you have renters come in, say you have a bass player come in, he goes in one room, a drummer goes into a different room and they're watching monitors on the wall and they're jamming together. We don't have that set up. We could, we could, Mm -hmm. because all it is is hooking up monitors and stuff like that. But but we have it set up in my room because of what we do. And we could have it set up in every other room in the facility for the fact of all they have to do is a hardwire in. Right. It's hardwired into your computer, like ethernet. Mm Mm-hmm. We have that in every room. Mm-hmm. So all I have to do is plug them into the router upstairs. And then it's literally having a good IO. So like we use, I think a Scarlet. It's like right. a little channel IO. Sure. Super focus simple. right. Yeah. Focus yep. right makes us. Yeah. It's one in, one out. Um, so I get a feed from them. They get a feed from me. Mm-hmm. And really, you don't even need a laptop to do it because all you need is the IO. Right. No, no, you don't need a board. No, Sorry. no, that's right. You don't need a board. That's right. You have to hardwire into your laptop, and then the I/O goes into your laptop, and you're good. We're getting into Jason's domain here, big time, aren't we? <laughs> We're totally getting into um, your domain. Yeah, you know, it's interesting what COVID has has done to audio, and yeah, sure. uh, this is an interesting solution. It, because you're also able to reach fans this way. I imagine you can allow uh, fans to share to share a link with them where they can even watch rehearsals. Yep, and even on Jam Kazam, if they, it's free, it's a free service, but they just started charging for it. Smart <laughs> people. It was free up until December 31st of 20. Now it's 10 bucks a month or whatever. I paid for the year. And I played for the platinum service, which gives you video and everything else. And it's like 99 bucks for a year. Hmm. So I'm paying 99 bucks to practice with my band whenever I want. Sure. Not a big At deal. two in the morning in your boxer shorts or. Dude, whatever. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's very convenient. convenient. So yeah. So speaking of the studio, 
<clears throat> so you have how many rooms now? Because you opened up the second floor. 47. So is that all monthly or nope. are those? So, so what we do downstairs is exactly the same. So we have three hourlies, which I own all the gear. Mm-hmm. We have 21 monthlies and I have a room that's my storage locker. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, I think my road case is sat in there for a while. It's actually Jason's <laughs> yeah. old room. Jason's oh, old yeah. room, room 25 is now my storage locker. That's where I store all my extra gear. Mm-hmm. It's a good room. Because, because it's right outside the studio wall. And I didn't want a band right outside my control room. Yeah, thumping so, away while somebody's trying to work. Yeah. Exactly. So now that's my storage locker. So now the first room in that line of rooms is room 23, which is... 15 feet away and then you got the gap and then you got the so there's no bleed so it's fine right um, yeah plus all your rooms are all sound protected and soundproof yeah, we built pretty it much pretty i mean well um upstairs we just did 22 more rooms mm-hmm. so we have one that's 20 by 22 so it's a big room we're looking at doing live streaming from it so one of my clients in room 12, Chris Clefane, is a broadcaster. He has broadcasting mm-hmm. background. So it's his brainchild, five camera shoot, professional audio, um, full light rig. He's got a light tech that tours with national bands that's going to come do our light tech for us, do our whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a definite you're talking about? This is something that's yeah, actually happening? Like literally okay. the room is, is being set up for it right now um, oh great, great. Uh, chris what kind of a... his, chris just got his his x32 and he's getting some more stuff for the light rig but he's gathering all the gear for it because it's his brainchild i mean mm-hmm. he asked me about doing it i'm like it was supposed to be an hourly room a large hourly for bands that have like horn sections i mean right we have bands that squeeze into my recording studio that are seven to ten people Right. Plus you get mariachi bands and stuff like that. Yeah. We wanted a large room for that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 bucks an hour between 10 people. Nobody. That's nothing. Right. So then we have 22 total. So we have 20 rentable rooms upstairs because I use room V as a storage locker. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because of the fact it shares a room with the studio wall downstairs, but it's still a wall. It's interesting to me, you said when you're rehearsing, you're playing an electronic kit. And it got me thinking about electronic kits versus real world acoustic kits. And is it the rebound? Is it? It's it's pushing air. Um, Big thing for me, um, I've actually played the electronic kit on two gigs. When you're hitting a pad, it's like. Mm-hmm. There's no dynamics. Like, yeah. There's nothing. There's no. Like, you can't feel the kick drum. You can't feel when you hit a tom and it decays. Right. Um, it's total sensory deprivation is what it is. They sound fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wear in ears. They sound fantastic. Um, so um, with COVID, yeah. have you noticed like a big time difference in your rentals and your yeah. monthlies? Um, 
Monthlies, no. Monthlies have so been monthlies. fantastic. Okay. Literally, dude, literally right now we have six rooms open. It's not a bad problem six. to have out of 47. Out of, no, no. Our hourlies have been a little slow. Our studio has been a little slow. Um, we just did a huge revamp of the studio. Um, complete um, acoustic treatments. We put clouds in, we put a lot more panels in, we redid the live room. Um, I've added a few 1176 clones um, for compressors. I added a mix bus clone or a mix bus compressor. Um, so we're, I added another, another 473. So we're bumping up the gear stuff. Um, I brought Sean in, Sean Walker. I brought him in as our studio manager and the acoustic treatments cost me about five grand in the panels. It's like 20 something panels that we put in. It's a crazy crazy amount of treatment that we did to those rooms and they sound fantastic um sounded good before so they did and big thing before about our live room was very verby mm -hmm. big drum sounds you can always add verb right you can never take it away that's true well so, i don't know what do you say jason what do you say about that well, you know, it's interesting. Software is is getting to the point where you can. I think Isotope RX has a feature to choke back some of the reverb. And you know, the trick is making it sound natural. Yeah. Um, and you know, some bands live on reverb. You know, you listen to U2's first three albums, enough reverb to swallow Cleveland. Right. Um, but it worked stylistically you know gave them identity so um reverb fills up a lot of space when used correctly or it makes it really muddy right um so depends strong. on your content yeah because all your rooms so, well now your your rehearsal rooms and and i would imagine that the actual recording studio as well is is pretty much floating yes no no so the downstairs is on a concrete floor so right. there's no oh there's no floating there concrete. yeah yeah no. Upstairs, mm -hmm. we floated. Okay. We actually floated the floors upstairs. Gotcha. Okay, it, that makes just sense. To minimize bass travel and stuff like that, we still get bass travel. That's inherent. It's going to happen anywhere because they're so wide. Well, you also get but, bass travel when you have somebody like Eddie Jackson show up in the studio with his whole concert rig <laughs> and cranks <laughs> the thing all the way up. Dude, like, was, what the hell's going on? One thirty-nine point seven dB in that room. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Dude, we could hear it in our in, room four rooms down. I was in the office and he comes out all proud with his phone. <laughs> and he showed me this thing 139.7. I was like, what's that? He goes, that's the DB in that room with the rigs. Well, we're, we're, we're reamping right now. And that I was like, that's like jet engine fucking loud. He's like, <laughs> he goes, I know, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I, like, yeah, okay. I think I come walking in and I go, Who's the jackass that brings in the whole touring rig? And, and oh my God. he looks around the corner. I'm like, oops. I'll, I'll, Jason, I'll send you that picture. I have a picture of that rig. It was three complete bass rigs. It was his RB rig, 
an Ampeg rig and his Macaulay bass cab mm-hmm. all mic'd so they can mix it all together. It was insane. I, I walked in, I'm like, seriously. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the bass track you that done. record sound great, though. <laughs> it does, it does, yeah. I think That's I-9, the, the uh, opening riff. What's that? I was going to say, I, I know there's some concerts that set off the geological uh, earthquake yeah. detectors. and mm-hmm. It sounds like maybe this rig can do that. Oh, dude, it was crazy. I'm with 139.7. I'll never forget that number because I know jet engines like 130 for the dB meter for mm-hmm. loudness. What and mics like, were you like capturing with? What mics? Yeah, or yeah. taking that sort of... Oh, SP dude, we had, a, we had a bunch of different mics on it. Um, we had an RE20 on one of them along with a 421. I think we had a couple of 421s on another. Were you also doing DI? And then we had some DIs going on. Um, I forget, uh, Jimbo Barton was the, mm-hmm. the um, producer on that. Um, and Jimbo bought some of his mics in as well. So I don't know what those were, but... They're probably but boutiques, had, I would imagine. But literally had three bass rigs mic'd up in the loud room. And yeah, it was insane. It was crazy. So, okay, so you've had Nancy Wilson in there. You've had Queensryche in there. Who else yeah. has been through your studio? Um, Famous-wise? Sure. Rehearsals. We had a band called Avoid in there, which is... Avoid. They're, they're local guys um, doing huge stuff right now. Like they're a hard rock metal band, um, have been getting a lot of love on Octane, on Sirius Satellite and on Liquid Metal. Um, had a band called Alisana come in who were touring. Uh, Avoid was actually opening their tour. Other than that, man, it's just been a lot of local people. Um, a lot of bands use my, my space for drum tracks. And then they do the rest at home because they can do that now. Right. Um, some bands come in and do live tracking. So they do everything all, all together in one day. Um, Greg Hagstrom is one of my hourly clients that uses my space. You know, block out a weekend at a time and do that stuff. Um, obviously, you know, Rain has used my space <laughs> as well as Jason's space. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. It's like, I can't complain. I'm, I'm a small fish in a really big pond. Um, it, it's not like I'm in a small town USA where I'm the only recording studio. Right. Yeah, I'm in a place that has Bob Lang's, London Bridge, Studio X, you know, right. yeah, I'm in a place that has fantastic rooms and I'm just blessed that people use my space. Um, we get really good recordings out of my space. The intro music that's going to be used for this podcast that they're going to hear was yeah. recorded at your place. Nice. The guitars were anyway. Nice, um, man. Yeah. And it was a 412 in that room with a mic set up about six feet high and about four feet out. And I believe that was a fifth. There was a 57 on the cone and there was a Royer. I yep. seem to recall Royer sitting out on our, 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 yep, 122s. Right. Yeah, and the then 122s. in the other ISO booth was a 212 running a 57 
and I believe another Royer or something yep. similar. Yep, we have two. We have okay. a stereo a stereo paired match of uh, 122s. Yeah, and it got such a great man. What a great guitar tone! I mean, I was really happy with it. I'm happy with the stuff that we put out. Um, You've had a lot of success with your studio, yeah. and so I got to think of, which is a dream, and particularly it's tough in the industry uh, to make money. Um, everybody yeah. wants a favor, and it, the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> That's true. I, I, you know, the other end of the spectrum. What was? What's your first band's name, and should you be embarrassed? My band. Your my first, first, you know, was there a high school punk band? Yep. Or? Yep. Nope. What? <laughs> my my first band ever um, was in 1989 in Hawaii. I lived on Kauai. Um, we were the rock band on Kauai, <laughs> um, and our band's name was Seventh Thunder. Seventh. Uh, seventh Thunder. Meaning, like in seventh. progression of. Yep. before the eighth one yep you were the seventh yep. one okay. we were the seventh thunder um my guitar player's name was troy castro um fantastic dude we're still friends to this day my bass player's name was eddie castro no not no, not eddie castro eddie 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 Haskell. <laughs> he, dude, dude, he looked exactly like fucking randy rhodes like oh wow it, it was oh, wow. on canny how much you look like randy rhodes oh hell what there's my there first oh my god oh, my, oh wife, my, god. my wife finds the only promo shot we ever did <laughs> so look you at look what? at eddie yeah you're right I, i'm yeah he looks like I, I, <laughs> he looks like fucking randy rhodes i'm trying not to look at his shirt yeah I, it's wow what a shirt that's revenge of don ho man <laughs> <laughs> yep so that's so obviously that's me on the left that's troy on the right and that's eddie in the middle oh my yeah. goodness gracious wow. we were we were the rock band on Kauai. we did all kinds of house parties and beach parties and all kinds of stuff and actually that's where i met my wife um what wow yeah yeah she was I, uh, I always wondered what her nationality was well so she's Carol polynesian She's no, a Polynesian. No, no, no. Carolyn is Spanish, Alaska native. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So she was friends with my guitar player's girlfriend. And she used to come to see us play and all kinds of stuff. And we were friends. Friends. And, and we did you? In, uh... We moved in together as friends. We were both sick of our living situations and we moved mm -hmm. in together as friends. And here we are. 30 plus years later, we're still friends. <laughs> You're still friends. You can still tolerate each other. But, she still puts yeah, up with me. So that was my first band was Seven Thunder. So then Were there I six, six iterations before that and the seventh yeah. one still? I, I just think it was a cool name. I mean, my guitar oh, player, okay. Troy, came up with it. Um, he was really into Vito Brada, mm -hmm. like was his absolute favorite guitar player of all time um steve vi and so steve vi the the middle eye right the seventh mm -hmm. whatever so he came up with the name of seventh thunder um so i moved to so troy moved to la to do mi um 
summer session of 90. Came back to Hawaii. We continued gigging. Went back to LA in 91 to do the year session at MI, the year curriculum. So he moved to LA to follow the dream. Um, mm -hmm. I moved to Seattle in December of 90 to, as a stepping stone to LA. So we moved here, Carolyn's from here, her whole family and whole base is here. We were gonna be here six months and moved to LA so I could follow the dream of music. Right. Um, I did, I moved to LA July 4th weekend of 91. I was there six weeks, eight weeks. I was living with Troy and his girlfriend, Allie. Mm -hmm. uh, I could not find a job to save my life. You weren't delivering I, alcohol to David Geffen. I was, I was looking at construction, mm -hmm. fast food, retail. I mean, anything that I could do to stay in LA, I couldn't find a job to save my life. So I called Carolyn and said, don't even bother packing. I'm coming back. So and now I you're a professional to, truck driver. I, I'm a truck driver. But <laughs> <laughs> you, so, you kick ass at it. I, I, moved, I moved back here. I moved back here. Um, and then, yeah, it's like my first band. Check this out. My first band in Seattle. Was that Sakara? Was, was Seventh Stranger. Oh. <laughs> How funny yeah. is that? Any real, but there's the only relation is you. Right. So <laughs> I had Seventh Thunder in Hawaii. I had Seventh Stranger in Seattle. Um, there, it was a couple, uh, Rose and Eric. Um, they were, they were cool people. My bass player, his name was Ted. Um, we had fun. We had an independent deal. Um, AVC records out of LA. We did a video, which is cheesy as cheesy as hell is it um, out there on the internet somewhere? oh it's out there it's out there look up seven <laughs> seven, look up seven stranger love is like oxygen it's a, it was a sweet cover oh okay that's a cool song <laughs> and it, it is gay <laughs> <laughs> so so i did that and then played in a couple other bands between you know 91 and i got in sakara in 97 um, Sakara was a killer band. Um, Tony Abreu, guitar mm -hmm. player, who from Window Pane, yeah, from Window Pane, and mm -hmm. now he Window Pane is done. It's a sad deal, but Glenn is yeah. doing his own thing. Glenn uh, is doing Glenn Cannon and the Damage Done mm -hmm. uh, with Jeff Eason and and Louie and Lance and fantastic right. band. Yeah. Um, I love Glenn. I mean, we have our little, he's good people. Yeah. We have our little side project. Um, we call it kitty porn. K I T T Y porn. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that's me, Glenn, and actually the old bass player of window pane Mark. Um, and we're actually looking at doing something else. Hopefully soon when things break free, we bought, we all talked about it. Mark mm -hmm. hasn't played since he left window pane. Right. Um, so it'll so be he fun, had moved. He moved back. He moved to Iowa, um, and right. then he's back now. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, came back. he had inherited a house or some some odd thing. 
something crazy. Something. I don't know. I haven't talked to Mark in a while. Um, but then I gotten, uh, so with Tony and then our singer's name was Brian Davis, uh, fantastic singer, untrained, but just a great voice. Uh, bass player's name was Tim Crocker. Um, we had a lot of fun, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in the band almost five years. We opened a lot of national act shows, um, got interest from sony um we were young and dumb and sent but them the doesn't doesn't everybody get interest from sony well the thing was was we got interest in columbia so mm -hmm. was a subsidiary of sony right um rod kukla was the the a r guy's name and we sent down our whole record and we had a 10 song record, sent it in the mail, you know, being stupid and young <laughs> and dumb. Right. We you didn't know? send three songs so we could get feedback and right. edit three songs and send three more songs back. No, we sent the whole record. So <laughs> we had to, we had to write and record and yeah, it was a three month process and we did it and we did exactly what they wanted to hear, you know, with the, shorter intros and shorter guitar solos and vocals Get to the chorus quicker yeah. right so we did all of that um what is that it, it's my phone going off oh okay and for my it's, I'm it's you i guess somebody just moved out um so it was one of those things that rod was a pop guy we were Megadeth meets Whitesnake. Right. Very heavy, but melodic core, melodic vocals. Mm -hmm. um, his boss was, um, what was his name? Oh, I forget his name. Full face beard, little John, John Lennon glasses. Like extremely famous A&R guy. Um, but he said that I'm not this kind of genre. I'm a pop guy, but I really think my boss, John Kladner, mm. John Kladner, if you ever seen Aerosmith's dude, look like a lady video. Right. And the wedding scene and they pull up the veil, right. And it's the full face beard. And that's John Kladner. That okay. is their answer. Gotcha. So he was the head of Sony. He was the head of AR at Sony. And he goes, It's not really my thing, but I really think my boss would like this. And he go, I said, Well, who's your boss? He said, John Kalodner. I was like, like full face beard, John Lennon glasses, John Kalodner. <laughs> he starts laughing. He's like, Yeah. I'm like, great. I'll let him hear it. And so like three months went by. And I you know, I, every month or so I'd make a phone call, you know, just keep my name in the head and whatever. And John was either busy or on holiday or out on tour with his bands or whatever. He was a head of A&R at Sony. Right. Who am I? Um, so that my phone rang one day and it was Rod and like my chest got tight. I was driving a truck. 
like literally I looked down at my cell phone. I saw Rod, Rod Kukla. So I, I pull over, I take the phone call. I'm like, hello. He's like, Hey Jess, it's uh, Rod Kukla from Columbia. Oh, Hey Rod, what's going on? Like, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> and he goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, John heard your stuff today. And I was like, wow, they're like crazy. And he said, I'm going to preface this conversation by if John likes it, it comes off the CD player and goes into a pile to listen to again. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't like it, it goes in the garbage. Right. For him to say word one about anything is a miracle. Right. Yeah. And he usually listens to 30 to 45 seconds of each song, three songs maximum makes his, his decisions. Um, I get it. Totally. Right. He said he listened to three full songs off your record. I was like, well, that's 15 minutes of his time because our songs right. average five and a half, six minutes. And he said, he pulled it off the CD player, handed it back to Rod and said, these guys are really good. Not great. Here's what I want to see. Shorter songs. Mm -hmm. We average six minutes. <laughs> so right. shorter guitar solos and vocals in N20. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we took the time and it took us three or four months. We wrote five, went back into London Bridge, recorded three or four, sort of changed direction a little bit, went a little more modern instead of the Megadeth meets Whitesnake 80s metal type thing and send it back down to him. And he got it and he called me the day he got it and said, I can't believe it. I was like, can't believe what? And he goes, you did exactly what we asked you to do. Why wouldn't I? Right. You're Sony records, Columbia records. You're wanting you to give us a record deal. Why wouldn't I take your advice and mm -hmm. say, okay, let's run with this. See what happens. And most and bands don't have that flexibility though. Right. They don't have the capability right. to do it. If you tell them, write me a ballad and they're a hard rock band, chances are they can't write a fucking ballad. Right. So that being said, the, okay. So we were in the studio, London Bridge. The day Brian, Brian's mom had cancer. Mm. And supposedly her doctor said she had time and they were going to send her to Switzerland to get this treatment that they wouldn't do in the U S and all kinds of stuff. So Brian, we did three songs that we sent back to Sony. Um, Dead guy living was one. Someone cares was two and call my sunrise is three. Call my sunrise is an acoustic guitar vocal ballad. Um, that is the last song Brian sang mm. and he finished the vocal. We were doing listen back and Brian got a phone call that his mom passed away. 
the day he finished singing that song. So obviously bands in turmoil. We told Brian to take care of him and his family. You go do what you need to do. We'll finish this demo. We'll get it back to Sony. Don't worry about us. Mm -hmm. Um, in that few weeks to a month, our bass player quit. Um, he was in the band nine years, newly married, had a baby, mm -hmm. uh, just didn't want to do it anymore. And it crushed us because what we were doing, it was 97, 98, 99. Mm -hmm. So the melodic metal thing was not a thing. Right. So we auditioned some people and like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, we're, I'm totally good. And we, they get there and they could barely play, you know, eighth notes on a freaking E string, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it just didn't work. And Rod kept calling saying he was going to be up here for bumper shoot. Are we doing any shows? We kept telling him, no, we're in writing mode. We're not doing any shows. So it just, it never transpired to anything, but just to know we got interest from Sony and that we got the kudos that, holy crap, we did something that nobody's mm -hmm. ever done was cool. But flip side of that coin is, it would have been cool. I mean, Kaladner even said, he goes, dude, if it was 10 years ago, he goes, this band would be a multi-platinum band. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's disheartening because, have you seen, I don't have any platinum records on my wall. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, neither do I. But, you know, it's funny because you get a letter, you'll get a letter from somebody because like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys, you got, it's like Sakara, you guys put out a CD. And uh, it gets it gets out there, mm -hmm. and you don't know how far it fucking goes. Oh, dude, it's really a kind of a surprise, dude. We had people from like Germany, mm -hmm. and yeah. this was CDs. This mm -hmm. wasn't streaming. This right. wasn't online. A guy from Germany emailed me saying that he got our CD. Mm -hmm. A friend of his from the states brought him our CD. Freaking crazy! Isn't yeah, that? isn't it crazy? Yeah, and you'll get calls, you know, like, uh, oh, I, okay, so I'm not trying to make this about me because obviously we're talking to you. But just to expound on what you're saying is on an airplane, I was on an airplane flying to Minneapolis to do a video shoot for something. And I'm on the plane back to Seattle and there's this Hungarian couple behind me that could barely speak any English. And I'm like, I hear the dialect. I got to find out where they're from. And of course, I'm that kind of person. Hey, where are where you are people you from? from? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> totally and, uh, so of course you know back then of course my hair was long and everything and uh they're like oh you must be a musician or whatever like yeah 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 and they're like what band do you play in the agents of chaos and the lady's like our son was just talking about you our son lives in poland we were just visiting our son in poland he was and he has a copy of your cd it's called volume one and i'm like it is so they they were telling me the truth they knew it's a crazy thing crazy. Man. But, but back in like the the late 90s it's like myspace thing was just starting and mm -hmm. it's like it, it wasn't a way that you could get your stuff out there and 
a friend of his brought our CD to Germany. Of, and we got an, he emailed us from Germany saying right. I got the CD and it's amazing and blah blah blah. But it, it was a it was a fun band, man. I mean, we did a lot of lot of really cool stuff, um, cool gigs, and it just went away. And it, it's it's sad that it went away. But we've all gone on to other things. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, Tony right now is in a band called Mean Genius. Um, I haven't heard it yet but I heard it's pretty damn cool. Um, it's basically- you? You're talking about Tony Abreu, right? Yep. Okay. It's basically window pane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him, Christian, and Noah. Mm-hmm. And they have Jaundice Beckman singing for him. Oh, so, okay. Jaundice from Jaundice, from, from, from 10, miles, 10 miles wide. 10 miles wide, that's right. Yep. yep. Apologies. And, Apologies to Jaundice. Yep. And it's so that that should be cool to see what's going on with that. Um, Brian still does acoustic stuff every now and then. We've talked about a Sakara reunion. Um, I don't know if I can play that shit anymore. (laughs) I'm old now. (laughs) Uh No, but I mean, we did a few over the years and I'd love to play that stuff again. I mean, I really, I mean, I love that material. And if we did it, it would be cool. Brian wants to do it. Tony wants to do it. Uh, Christian from Mean Genius and and Windowpane. Christian was in a band called Riot and Rhythm, um, mm-hmm. who were sort of proteges of of uh, Sakara. Mm-hmm. So he said he would kill to be the bass player in that reunion. And so it, it could happen. I mean, we don't know. We'll see. I mean, once things you know, even out and pan out. And if we can do it, cool. Maybe we'll do it as a Pagan County and Sakara deal where Sakara opens the Pagan County show or whatever. I don't and know. That way you get two paychecks. I get paid 50 bucks per, per gig. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do people get it, get to see the journey tribute band? What if we um, wanted to watch something? So right now you can actually see something we did. Um, Kirkland Performing Arts Center did a live stream with us. We actually taped it two weeks before. And um, if you go on YouTube, it's archived on their YouTube channel. So look up either Kirkland Performing Arts Center and it'll pull up a bunch of videos from that place. Look up Infinity Project. We're like one of the first videos on it. Um, We did 45 minutes, multi-camera shoot. They did a fantastic job with the editing. It, it sounds it sounds great. Looks great. Audio um, off the board. Yeah, yeah. Full on multi track. Um, like I said, five cameras. They knew when the the drum fills were like in faithfully in separate ways, so they cut to me and then cut back to the vocals. It was very well done. I was I was shocked. Um, didn't show had, Ken playing rhythm in the middle of a guitar solo. No, we didn't do that. <laughs> um so we got that um we got some gigs on the books right now which is pretty cool um we have the chalet theater in enumclaw Mm. we're doing it's 25 percent capacity so it's 120 seats uh we're doing that april 3rd it's a saturday then we're doing the everett theater on may 1st um also 25 percent capacity right now so I think we have 25 seats left on that as of oh. two days ago. Nice. 
Um, I'm hoping by the time, I mean, we got a, what, a little over a month, month and a half till May, mm -hmm. maybe it'll bump to 50% by then, who knows? Um, but that's with Petty Thief, a Petty, uh, a Tom Petty mm -hmm. tribute. Um, Andy Vollmer and those guys, super cool. Uh, they brought it's another one of my clients. Stuff. Thank you. Yep. And they I think that was because of you. Yeah. 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 It's all Uber Beats. Yeah. Uh, it's Uber Beats clients. So I see our our drum head in the back. Others. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool yeah. It uh, turned out pretty cool. It's that one. Yeah. The guy that did that's pretty cool. <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, so so we're doing that. Uh, we got some stuff in the summer already mm -hmm. um like aquafest and lake stevens supposedly is going their go no-go date is april 1st i think they make an actual decision whether they're going to do it or not i think we're already booked in covington we're booked in wenatchee uh for rls productions um we do that pretty much every year uh robert and rio are fantastic robert and rio santiago are, are fantastic promoters. Um, they used to do uh, a deal at Omi Gardens um, in Wenatchee, and now it's at the college. Hmm. So I think it's jumping from 350 cap to 1,000 cap, hmm. which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, and so they it's a, it's a benefit for the Wenatchee Valley College Fund. Mm -hmm. So it helps under privileged kids go to college which is awesome uh it's an awesome charity um is this and, information yeah. on a, is, do you guys have a website uh they do rlsproductions.com just jump on that and you have all the information for that um we we put it on our socials so all the gigs that we have coming up we do it a month or two previous to it because we don't want to bombard people with like hey we got 12 gigs coming up in the next right month. we we do a 30 day you know that way we were promoting something 30 days previous um what else we got we got we got a couple things in summer that are pretty promising um we're working with a guy named troy wyatt right now a seattle entertainment group which is a brand new company um he is the entertainment coordinator for um, Snoqualmie Casino. And he started his own business to help the local tribute scene get out of local. So hmm. doing fly dates. So he's in the tribal, you know, tribute or, or the tribal casino. Right. Deal. So he has um, people across the US that he can tap for fly dates. For bringing seattle tributes to their locales which is yes. fantastic and we've been working at that for a long time and troy contacted us he's working with a bunch of seattle tributes for it um and remains to be seen what happens with it uh mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a great guy um really passionate like we did a two-day 10 tribute recording session uh, down in Tacoma that he paid for. So it's all five camera shoot, still photography. Um, he's doing all the editing for it on his dime. Hmm. And it's for him to promote the bands that he's working with. 
which right. is which is great. Uh, he's a really good dude, and he's got something going on at a local like park, like a, a an actual state park, mm-hmm. a, a drive-in concert series. Oh. oh, okay. So they can do like three hundred cars. I think from what he said, big production, 50 to 60 grand, I think he said in production costs, LED screens, it, it's going to be a, a monster deal. And they're just waiting on the thumbs up for everything to go through permit wise um, on doing it. They, the, the state park foundation wants to do it. So that's a plus. Um, and it's going to be one of the bigger things that happens this summer, I think. Right. Um, so yeah, with be, no venues being open or anything. Yeah. Right. It'll be pretty cool. I bet you all those drive-ins that have closed down over the last 20 years around the area are kicking themselves now. Right. Well, there's a couple that are opening up for this type of event. That's right. the cool thing because right. they have already have the property for it. It's huh. basically setting up a stage in a PA and LED screens for the far view. We're going to have Metallica in Arlington. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, right well, we, we, have, we have hit the two-hour mark. Of Holy talk. crap. This is a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us about your mother. My mom. <laughs> my, mom's, my mom's in Florida. My dad's in Florida. Uh, they hate each other, and then they're an hour and a half apart. <laughs> my father's in Florida. My mother's like literally, in Florida, but she's dead. My mom is in... Um, oh, God, where the hell is she? She's about an hour south of Tampa. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, God. I forget the name of the city she's in. Saint something. And my dad is in Lakeland, which is an hour east of Tampa. <laughs> so, is that so, far enough apart from each well, other? Well, that's or? what I, I mean. My mom got remarried, um, and her husband's family is all down there. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's why they went down there. And my dad's been down there 30 years, like, he's lived in Lakeland for 30 years. So, I was just shocked that they hate each other and they're literally an hour and a half apart. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, uh, Florida's an interesting we, place, man. Huh? Brian, we need him to do a read for the show. Just a intro. Yeah, you know, I didn't write anything down. I figured he could just wing it, but <laughs> oh, we, were, okay. we were hoping we were hoping you'd say something, you know, like, hi, this is just, I'm Jesse Smith of the Beat Studio and Infinity oh, Project, you know. You're listening to. You're listening to Drums and Guns. I'll do it right now. Awesome. Hey, hey, this is uh, Jesse Smith from Uberbeat Studios, also from tribute bands, the Infinity Project, which is Journey, Non Jovi, which is Bon Jovi, and original band, Pagan County Rebels. And you are listening to Drums and Guns with Brian D. Christopher and Jason Touchstone. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much. And thank you for spending two hours with us for crying Dude, out loud. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, could, I could probably spend another two hours. I mean, this has been a fun Well, we'd love to do it. Your phone's been blown. You know? 
your phone's been blowing up. I, I know you have things to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Business is calling you. Let's do it again. Yeah, well, we'll have to. Yes. We'll definitely have to. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up then. And uh, thank you very much, Jesse, for your time, like I said. and uh, Thank you, Jesse. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah, give me two seconds. I want to I see what you guys say about this. And just look at your phones in a second. Oh, okay. Sure. Holy Toledo, dude. You're not kidding. That is our room right now. Oh. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he tuned that pretty like, freaking flat. Yeah. So we That's had insane. a so we had a dip at a hundred, and we had a dip at about eight hundred. And he tuned that room so well that that is what he ended up with that night. Wow. That's killer. Oh my god. I had to stick it up to the screen. Yeah. Holy yeah, that Toledo, is our dude. that is our control room right now. Wow. I'm pretty impressed with it. And I think <laughs> we could do a little bit more as far as treatment wise. Uh-huh. To make it even better than that, but that to me I was just like, dude, you can't get much flatter than that. Right. You know? Now, have you found your sweet spot in there where you can go in there and just go, and it's just perfect? I'm sure Sean did. Uh -huh. Sean spends a lot of time in that room, and like I said, I I was floored. Like I think that came in to me at like 1 in the morning or something like that. I mean, I was sleeping. I woke the next day, and it's on our – we have an Uber Beats um, text thread. It's just me, him, and Gavin. Um, let me see. When did that come in? Oh, it's way back here. Oh, there it is. Oh, no. It's, it was 8.35 at night. So I don't know why I didn't get it till the morning. But, but yeah, that, that I was shocked. I mean, I, I want it to be where Sean, he has a mixing place at his house. But it's a house, right? So right, it's a house. You have kids, you have dogs. I want a place where he goes and shuts the door, and it's his facility. It is his mixing room, and I get paid. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it it works out both for all of us. To be, I mean, he gets paid for his time. I get paid for the studio, and it's a great thing. He's such a fantastic person, as well. Mm -hmm. as being a fantastic engineer and it that in a nutshell is that's what it's all about right mm -hmm. you gotta the people you work with and the people that hire you you have to treat like they're the only person that's in the world it's respect right it's respect it's respect yeah i'm working on your project Mm -hmm. I am here for you. Mm -hmm. I have nothing else on my docket. Until this project is done, you're my guy. Mm -hmm. I marvel. I really marvel at what he does because I own a freaking recording studio mm -hmm. and I don't know how to work half the shit that's in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and I can, I can bring up sessions. I can get sounds. I can do all that. I can't edit. I can't edit to save my life. I mean, you, you, you put a gun to my head and say, 
edit this project. And I'm like, I'd be like, shoot me now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to waste the next two hours. I mean, I want to be able to edit. I want to be able to go in and like, oh, the fill from take two was better than take five. And we want to use take five. So I want to move the fill from take two to take five. Right. Right now, I'd be like, delete. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what it is. Right. It really sucks. I mean, I've owned this place for 10 years and I've never made the time to, because being so busy with everything else that I do, I've never made the time to really go in and make a copy of a session, right? And open that copy of a session and fuck it up (laughs) and just screw it up and just try to figure out ways to do things that I should be able to do owning a recording studio right well it's really the tools i'm not just, I'm not just a pretty face you know i should <laughs> i should know how to work the gear <laughs> yeah but it really is all the tools man i mean you know because i it mean is. the the software i mean working with jason um i just watched a lot of what he does i can't do half of what he does so don't get me wrong but what yeah, I, I do know i, pick I sat up in, him. I sat in with Jason when he was doing a mixing project one night. We were just bullshitting and I was watching him work and I'm like, dude, I was, I was marveled. I'm like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I watched Sean like doing reverb and spending two hours on one section of a session on reverb. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm just so like, dude, I'd be, where's my Glock you know drums and guns I just don't get it I don't get it at least at least Jesse wouldn't be there going hey man I need more bravado (laughs) (laughs) remember that Jason in the studio and he and dude's going I need more bravado on my voice and we're going what bravado I need bravado it's oh you need vibrato (laughs) do you remember that I'm not going to name any names because it'd be really mean, but yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's one thing. And uh, Jesse as a performer and you, Brian, as a performer, like the language behind the mechanics of music, you, For sure. you don't always speak. Message sent is not always message received. And right. half of it's sort of sifting through that. Like you meant what, what? you know it's figuring out the language right for sure but i had one last question for you i wanted to ask because you mentioned clock i was going to ask what type of firearm do you so i have a smith and wesson 406 uh nine mil Mm -hmm. uh that was actually gifted to me by my buddy garrett williams i call him big sid um is he still with us yeah yeah. okay good he's a good good friend of mine um and I purchased a Glock 19 MOS um, about a year and a half ago. Um, I just bought an optic for it, so I got to get that all sighted in. But it's a fantastic, fantastic piece. What kind of optic did you get for it? Uh, I don't even remember. Um, I bought it off of Amazon. I have to find out. But yeah, it's a. I, I have it all mounted and. I've I've messed with it a bit, but it, it seems like I'm still high, like way high on my right. red dot. Right. Like when I'm when I'm at my red dot, I'm 
it seems like I'm doing this when I should be doing this, you know, right. I'm, right. I don't understand what's going on with it, but um, yeah, I, I hopefully we'll get that cited in soon and get it all checked out. But I love that. I love that weapon. Um, I've got that and I've got a Voltec, um, a Voltec vault in my, in my bedroom. Um, that's, you know, fingerprinted and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've got both of my weapons in there. Um, I've got so another Voltec. You're a responsible storer then. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got a, I've got a panic, I've got a panic button. So I, I hit that panic button. It opens the safe or I go and put my finger on it and it opens the safe or I can do it from my phone. Um, it's a vault is a great company. They make some fantastic safes. Um, I have a single weapon safe as well that I had before I got my second one. And my daughter is looking at getting one now. So that'll be hers. That'll be kept in her room. Now does she carry as well? Uh, she just, uh, she literally just got her CPL. Um, oh, she's waiting right for the card. Yep. So she just got her fingerprints done and everything's done. So she's waiting for a card. Okay. Right on. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take as long as you'd think. Dude, I had mine in like five days. Right. Yeah. They yeah. told me to, they, they, they told me four weeks. I got my prints done. They said it goes to Washington state patrol and expect four weeks. Like mm -hmm. five days later, I got a freaking card in the mail. I'm like, wow. Well, that was fast. And the very first thing you did was stick it in your wallet, and then you went and got your fucking gun and strapped it on, didn't you? Well, I so I very rarely carry. I mean, I I oh, carry okay. if I have to, um, right. but normally my they're in my safe and in, in the thing. I very rarely carry. If I if I'm going somewhere that I know that will be sketchy, mm -hmm. eh, you know, I'll have it in the truck. Or when but, you take off on the Harley for a road trip, but but very. Do you carry on the Harley? I will. I will. I haven't gotten on a road trip since I got my CPL. So right. yeah, when I when I do, I will. I'll like if I go to Wenatchee or do the twenty loop or whatever, I'll I'll bring it with me. Yeah. Why not? I'm I'm legal, so there's no reason not to have it with me. Right. That's right. It's uh, what was it? Uh, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not need have it, it. Not have it. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. And I'll tell you, man, with the day and age, the way things are going around here these days, man. I mean, I had yeah. some guy I was just going I to get your my rifle build. I saw your rifle build. That looks pretty awesome. Yeah, it handles <laughs> really nice, too. <laughs> what do you think, Jason? You got to fire, pop off a few rounds out of that. It's, you know, it looks really intimidating. And um, I, I, I like how responsible everybody around us is uh, oh, yeah. at the range. Yeah. Um, Rangers are awesome. That, yeah. I, and, and I think that helps with everybody alleviates a lot of anxiety because you don't need anxiety and people caring. Yep. I agree. So, I agree. Right. Yeah. I love going to a range that is very well um, maintained mm -hmm. and very well secured. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the range masters, which my buddy said is a range, he's a range master. So, you know, when they call, you know, cease fire, you know, range is cold. It, people listen, they mm -hmm. weapons are down on their bench. They step away. Everything's good. Everybody can go out and change targets. 
it, it's pretty cool. I, I, I really enjoy going to the range. And the good thing is, is that uh, going to the range, because I've been to two out here so far um, with any type of frequency, I guess you could say. Right. But I can say that everybody that's been there has been respectful of the range master. You don't have anybody do anything stupid or Who do you have dumb. to be right. Cause if not, you're out. Right. They, yes. they, they do not, they do not pull punches. Like right. literally you get there, your, your weapon has to be in a bag, has to be unloaded. Mm -hmm. You can't walk in with something on your hip. It, it's like, it has to be holstered in a bag, unloaded, nothing in the chamber. Mm -hmm. and a flag. I, I was, and yeah. I was really surprised about that. I mean, I was like, huh, pretty serious, you know? <laughs> right. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun, man. I, I, I enjoy my weapons and uh, I, I didn't have one for the longest time because, you know, I have a kid in the house and my kid's grown now. And when Sid gifted me the, the Smith & Wesson, you know, I, I was like, well, now I have one. Might as well have two. Mm -hmm. you know? And actually, it works out really well because I had my wife handle both. Um, and she prefers the Smith & Wesson, which is <laughs> great because that can be her weapon and mine will be the Glock. So, because I, I prefer the Glock. Um, but yeah, man. And yeah, Brian, I, I want to thank you for uh, doing my wraps for the Journey Kit. I, I've since retired it. That, that kit is no longer in, in service. But uh, did you sell it I, yet? No, man. No, it's it's eh, it's for sale, but it's not for sale. Right. If it goes to another journey guy. Right. But I mean, I love the kit. I mean, it, I'd, I'd pull it out on special occasions. Mm -hmm. Like if we're doing a huge show and it's something special, I'll pull it out for sure. It's just stacking in, in 25. Mm hmm. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, I, I got so many compliments on that kit, you know, we had a fun time working on that. That was, that was, that was a fun project. It was a cool project, man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, it really, the, the, the picture I gave you of the, of Dean's kit, it, it hit it fucking nuts on, man. It was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. It turned I, out pretty cool. So one of our fans is Susie Kashanovo. It's Dean's sister. Oh, really? And yep, she uh, a friend of ours, or a, a friend and fan of ours, Angie Strickland. It's her. It's one of her really good friends. And she came up to see us play uh, about a year and a half ago, I guess it was. And we we were playing Emerald Downs in Auburn. And I knew Angie knew her. And she introduced me to her. Hey, this is my friend Susie from Salem. I didn't put two and two together. Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Right. And I'm having dinner before the gig, and it hit me. And I'm like, Susie from Salem. Dean's from Salem. Holy shit, that's Susie. That's his sister. So Dean is obviously Journey's old drummer for 17 years. Right. And so we do the gig and 
we play well. And she came up to me after the gig and gave me a huge hug and said, I don't know if you know, but Dean's my little brother. And I was like, damn it. I knew it was you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she said, I see so much of my brother and your playing. Wow. And I, I was like, thank you. I said, because that means I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. I said, my job in this band, my tribute in this band is to your brother. Right. I play Steve Smith's parts <laughs> like Dean did. But my tribute is to Dean because I right. play it the way Dean played them. You know, the passion, the power, the look. Mm-hmm. My look is I'm not Steve Smith. I'm not bald. And, right. you know, it's just one of those deals. It's my hairstyle is the way Dean's hairstyle was. And the drum kit that I had made by Brian was a tribute to Dean because it was one of Dean's kits. It was, it was his tour kit from 2007, I believe. Wow. Yeah, it was a cool and I showed, And I showed Susie that. And I was like, yeah, well, if you look at that kit, that's a tribute to Dean because that's one of his tour kits that I absolutely loved. And, you know, if I could have bought that kit, I would have, mm-hmm. even though I, even though I don't like DW drums, you know, it's just one of those things that to own a kit that he would have played would have been awesome. But yeah, man, I got a lot of compliments on that kit. Um, people asking me where I got the raps done. And I told them, I, I sent a lot of people your way. If you got a people, <laughs> I sent a lot of people your way. <laughs> I said, I said, Brian did from six skins, you know, just look him up online. He'll, he'll hook you up. You know, it's funny. We were doing cane fest one year and Scotty had his explosion wraps on. Yep. And, uh, it was the, Oh, what was the name? Shed something shed. Oh, local band. Um, I wish I could remember their name, but it's something shed. Anyway, they were playing their drummer comes up and he goes, wow, man, I think I got rap envy. And I was like, that's awesome, man. I got to remember that shit. So, <laughs> totally. It, it's yeah. like, it, it makes it yours, you know? I mean, you could have any run-of-the-mill drum kit and, you know, you do a, a rap like that and you can do anything you want for people. And that's the coolest thing in the world. You can make it yours. You know, I play, the, the kits I play now are white. It's a stage mm-hmm. white kit, Yamaha Raptor custom. Um which I think I'm going to make the Bon Jovi kit because Tico played a white kit forever. That's right. Yeah. And then my journey kit is going to be my red um, power to our custom kit that I bought, which is sort of reminiscent of Steve Smith's original journey kit from like 81, 82. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I still have I still have the rap kit, and I'll pull it out for for special gigs. Maybe maybe I'll pull it out for that that May gig. I haven't played in a, a year and a half, so what the hell? <laughs> so fun. if you fuck up, nobody will notice. They'll be looking yeah, at the raps. The, <laughs> the drums look good. The drummers talk. The drums look good. Did you see that guy's kit? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, All right, brother. Well, let's let you go so we can wrap right, this up and. Uh, yeah, so we're hoping to get the first thing, what, maybe about a week, two weeks from now, get the first one posted, do you think, Jason? 
Hey, it's all you, man. I guess so. It is, isn't it? I all don't right. have a computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a so, two and a half hour. This is a two and a half hour deal. It's going to cut down to like 40 minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, what we'll do is we'll yeah. cut everything that you've said out and we'll just have Jason and I talking. <laughs> totally. It'd be like a total asshole thing to do. Yeah, check me out on this interview and you're not even on it. Oh, my God. Well, Jesse was supposed to be here. He was supposed the to dude, be here. Dude, oh, he just didn't show up. Last minute. <laughs> well, you know, right, guys. after COVID's all over, you and I, are, you know, well, the three of us should go out shooting. Oh, dude, I'm down. Yeah, I'm always better with a rifle than I am a handgun. I'll be really honest about that. Yeah, Especially, man. okay, see, I don't have it. Oh, yeah, I do. How convenient. That's my baby. Yeah. And as I point them, okay. What is it? Proper gun ownership. This is a yeah. six, six hour uh, P365 uh, ultra compact. Dude, 10 my, shot. my 10 favorite, shot. my favorite handgun is a SIG 228. Oh, I, God, love, I love my, I, I love, love a 228, but totally, they're not made anymore. That's and if right. you find them, they're a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. A 229 took its place, but it's not the same. It's not the same. They don't balance the same. They don't feel the same. They don't yep. fit in your hand Dude, the same. I'm like right there with a 228. Right. So let me yeah, check I, this out. You can you see that little green dot? No, no. In in On here. The end? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a little green dot that pops yeah. up if I get it at the right angle. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay, so it's a circle and a dot, and you have to get the two of them perfectly lined up, and that's where your bullet's gonna go. Huh. The thing is, you have to aim it with both eyes. Oh so that's yeah. And if you're left eye dominant, your bullet goes slightly off to the right. <laughs> <laughs> so it really fucks with you, you know, because you're trying to. <laughs> and Jason saw it at the at the range. What about two weeks ago? We went up there. We brought yeah. this up there, and I wanted to introduce him to it. And uh, yeah, low to the left, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Iron sights. I'll get it right in there every time. But these tritium sights, man, they drive, drive me crazy. I just got to get more used to it, I guess. But that's awesome. Anyway, all right, brother. Have all a right, good fellas. evening. And we'll have Great to do to it see again you. soon. Great to see you, man. It's been a long time. And uh, yeah, let's do this again. This I'd love fun. to. I can't believe it was two hours. That's crazy to me. It's, oh, that's awesome. What's, what's crazy I, is we got through about half the questions. Seriously. That's wow. true. And what's We're crazy talking, is... man. We haven't seen each other forever. It's just catching up. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll do a 2.0. We'll do, do the second half of the questions next time. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. And I'm down. All right, buddy. Have a good All one. Right. Good to see you, Jeff. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right,